I keep thinking back to Mark 10, where Jesus just talks about the way of service. I think back on the leaders who impacted me the most, and they're ones who taught me to serve. Hey community, in today's episode, Matt McCoy sits down with Jake Stemo from Presence Worship. They have an awesome conversation talking about all the amazing things that Jake is doing with Presence Worship to help equip the younger generation of worship leaders. He also shares tips for worship leaders. They talk about worship culture and a lot more. So enjoy the interview with Jake Stemo. Jake, what's up? Hey, man. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. It's been a long time. I haven't seen you in so long. I know, man. This is good. This is very good. So, Jake Stemo, you go way back with Loop Community, man. You were one of our very first producers and contributors. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. All the poor and powerless loops. Let's oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, and then you went with us to a couple worship conferences. Yeah. And helped us like run the booth and talk to worship leaders. It's Dude, awesome. Man. We go way back. We go way back. And yeah. now you're in, where are you? Are you in Kansas Wichita. City? Wichita. Wichita. Yeah. What in the world are you doing down there? Because I keep getting emails in my inbox and, <laughs> and I watch all the videos that are sent Love to me it, and man. it seems like you guys are really doing something really cool down there. Yeah. And I want to hear firsthand from you, like what is happening? You started this thing called Presence Worship. Tell us about it. Yeah. We moved down here about nine years ago from Chicago area. We were out in Rockford, Illinois. And start leading worship at a church here. And then just really both me and my wife, Micah, just have a heart for discipleship. And started going after bringing worship leaders in our home, which eventually turned into this thing called Presence Worship. And so let's pause right there. Yeah. What do you mean by bringing worship leaders into your home? Like they were living with you guys? Yeah. So we felt like as we've been in worship worship ministry for the past, I don't know, 10 years, just seeing the need for worship discipleship, worship leader discipleship. And we we all know, like we've seen worship team members come and go and, and just you find out random things about people on your team that you just yeah. know were going on just because you weren't doing life with them. And so we just started to pray and ask the Lord, like, there's got to be like a better way to disciple people, a better way to pour in. And so we just started praying. We felt like the Lord said, just bring them in your home and let them walk with you and do life with you. And really, I mean, and as we study the gospels, like that's what we see Jesus do, you know, like he brings people along with them, with him and, and teaches them and they do what he did. Like, it's like the model that Jesus laid out. And so we just went after that and we had, this was like five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. We invited a, a young a leader to come and just spend the summer with our family and live in our home in our spare bedroom. And that's kind of where it birthed. Like we just had this heart for seeing him go further and just, yeah, it turned into what is now Presence Worship where five years later, we run like a two month summer residency where we'll bring in 15 worship leaders and they'll live with us for for two months and we'll do discipleship study through the Psalms and really creating a, a rhythm to the heart of worship and trying yeah. to slow down the pace to really see vibrant worship leaders that are just sold out for Jesus. So what age yeah. are these worship leaders? 
So we have, it's like 18 to 25. So okay. it's kind of like a, we've also used it as like an internship, a gap, yeah. gap year program for a lot of leaders going into college for worship or just got out of high school, going to school, kind of not sure yeah. what they want to do, but they love worship and they love ministering to the Lord. And really it just gives them a foundation to go deeper into what God has called them to. So what would you say is like the biggest thing you're having to uh, kind of teach worship leaders? Like when they first arrive in this house, you know, everybody's coming from different backgrounds, different worship leading experiences. They're coming with different, even preconceived notions of what worship leading is and what it means. What is like the first thing that you're having to like, really work on and dissect basically with these guys who are coming in yeah i mean i think it's like a reframing and a breaking down of of everything the worship culture has like shown or taught younger leaders because everything they see and hear is platform driven and a lot of the times we're not showing the behind the scenes of like what it actually takes to cultivate a heart of worship. And sometimes you just see some dude burning on the stage or like a leader that is just like on fire for the Lord. And they don't really understand the process of how that person walked in that anointing or passion or, and so there's a lot of like zeal for platform zeal for a stage and how you, how you break down those just patterns and and that have been ingrained in worship leaders or younger worship leaders and so a lot of it is like slowing down and getting like a rhythm to to grow a heart for worship and a heart for the secret place and so we really tried to not build off of a curriculum but really build off of being led by the spirit of god and through that it's it's led us to spend more times in the psalm, sing the psalms, pray the psalms, and teaching that. So we do that every morning. And then very intentional about eating meals together around the table, breaking bread together, that there's something that happens when we break bread and covenant and communion together. And then probably just like realizing that this is a a family and we didn't realize like that would be the most powerful thing. And, And Matt, like we talk like, a while back just about family and before you got married and and now like you have your own family but just like the power of bringing people in your family and having them sit around the table hear your kids talk and share and like share life with your family is a huge deal and i didn't realize that would be like one of the biggest things that like people take away from what we're doing is is just like we don't realize that worship leaders are real people. <laughs> like they have real families, they have real struggles. And most of the time churches are seeing like an hour of the week where their leader steps on a stage and shares and leads them to hopefully encounter the presence of the Lord. And there's so much more that happens throughout the week that cultivates that heart. And so that's really what we're going after. That was a long answer to your question. No, man. That's So when they finish the program, is it like a year-long program? No, no, no. We do. So we have a, a two-month residency. And so okay, it's two like, months. Yeah. So it's from the beginning of June to the end of July. And basically, it's during the summer. So it's pretty accessible to most college students. 
and then pretty accessible to some leaders that are local. And we make it so worship leaders in the Kansas area are able to jump in and join in on some of the different teachings and stuff we're doing. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So is it almost like do some worship leaders maybe use it as a sabbatical time to like kind of refresh and so we've we've really been focused on like the next generation and the younger worship leaders and through that we've gotten more response and more people contacting us about hey like I need this and I've been leading worship in my church for 10 years like yeah will you do something like this for the older worship leaders and just realizing there's a, and the more conversation I have and we probably feel this too of like man I wish someone brought me along when I was younger and poured these things into my heart when I was younger and and that's what I'm realizing too is like man if if we could capture the hearts of these younger leaders now that they'll continue to burn for the Lord in their later days. So what would you say is like the biggest challenge that it seems like younger worship leaders are facing right now in mm-hmm. 2021? Because worship has changed a lot. Like since I even started leading worship. What was that? Vineyard days? Yeah, man. Vineyard opened the eyes of my heart. And Let's go. Above all. And like, dude. Yeah. Good to me. Like all these classics. It's changed so much since then. Yeah. What do you think, like, is the biggest challenge that new worship leaders are facing? Man, that's a big question. I'm just going to go with the first thing that pops in my head. I think there's a lot of worship of self, and, like, it's it's really hard to see that. Like, today, there's so much self-worship, and then that is being the forefront of everything that it's hard to get outside of that focus. And so not to sound like grim, but like really I feel like we're in a different season where the church is going through. Obviously like last year was a huge year for the worship leaders across the board, probably felt it more than more than anyone um, in the church leadership. And so worship leaders hear me, man, like you're seen and like God knows the heart and passion you've poured into this last year. And I've heard from so many leaders who have just been like, man, my senior pastor doesn't understand like how much we've been working to do these like live stream worship sets. And yeah. And so maybe you just need to hear that you're seen today. But going into 2021, I think there really has been the shift of like the younger generation is waking up to to seeing through a lot of the things that we thought we had to chase after or we thought you know this is what it is and i'm just seeing a younger generation who who is saying no to this self-worship but they're trying to figure it out and i think the lord's going to reveal a lot in this next decade of the worship movement and and just there's some exciting things happening and it's been a joy to even get to be a part of what god's doing and and even just with what you guys are doing with Loop Community and me and Mike were even just talking earlier this morning of like, man, Loop Community, God's just used what you're doing, Matt, in the last, I mean, what, eight, nine years, the Lord's just totally taken it. And I, I think back on those early days of what God has done and stepping out in faith and totally honored your obedience. So thank you. Thanks, man. I think the same is going to happen with Presence Worship. And it does seem to me like there is this movement of like this like 
search for purity and like the reset in the worship mindset. I don't know yeah. if you've like even actually I think there's a book actually out now. I think it's called Reset maybe by Jeremy Riddle. I don't know if you've read that. Yeah. I'm in the middle of it, like, but it's kinda hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty brutally honest, right? Dude, it's so good though. Like everyone needs to go get that book. Yeah. It took me a week to get through like eight pages and I was like, oh man, this is good. Yeah, because there's been almost this like, you know, I haven't read the book yet, but I get the sense that what it's about is this idea of like, you know, there was a day when like worship, like the beginning was like, it was just very pure and Mm -hmm. it was about just worshiping the Lord. Then it kind of creeped into this like commercialization of it and brands and selling albums. So worship celebrities and worship concerts and just bigger, better. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying of like mm-hmm. this worship of self. We've like stopped <laughs> worshiping God and and more of worshiping ourselves. Yeah. And what's even more dangerous is that maybe even we still say we're worshiping God when really we're yeah. <laughs> not at all. We're kind of yeah. deceiving ourselves in some ways. Mm-hmm. There's almost like this push to like get back to that like heart of worship, so to speak, that purity. And is that kind of what you're seeing at Presence Worship? Is that what you're pushing for? Is that like the yeah factor yeah i mean what we felt called to was a life in a way of purity even early on i mean me and my wife met at 16 and it's what we've been chasing after and maybe just in the last two years we've kind of understood our calling or our destiny what the lord has really put in us and letting it come out and be birthed even more through what we're doing with presence worship. But that's what it is. It's a call to purity. It's a call to see worship leaders like forsake the, the things of this world to truly worship and, and burn for the King. And we're seeing it. I mean, (laughs) it's kind of like something you can't, you can't contain it. Like you can't make someone live a pure and holy life. But the Lord continually is reminding me, even in the secret times, like his kindness and his correction is so needed in our lives. And so many times, like we put it off and worship leaders are really great at this of like really good at not taking confrontation and not being. And I'm saying this because it's my 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 own thing, too, is like not confronting things. And the Lord like kindly wants to confront us every day. Like he, yeah. his kindness leads us to repentance. And I think that purifies the heart of the worship leader. And that's what we're seeing. And that's what we're going after. That's what we hunger for. Yeah. It's interesting. Even just sharing that I'm not through Jeremy Riddle's book, but he, he hits on these things a lot. And I mean, it's, it's really encouraging, but it's, it's kind of like a, a slap in the face that you, enjoy and you're like keep hitting me because it's waking me up but there's another conversation i've i've been invited in i don't know if you're familiar with the guy bob sorge he is a he's a book secrets to the secret place you all should go and read it it'll light your secret place time with the lord on fire and just draw you in closer to the lord and i think that's partially what we're hungry for is that people would be more in love with jesus and spending time with jesus than they would about like publicly spending time with Jesus on a stage. And we've gotten that backwards a lot of like, 
like we want to show people how in love with Jesus we are <laughs> and and not just love Jesus. But Bob Sorge's writing a book right now called The New Wave. He's been asked to basically speak a history of the worship movement from the 60s to now. And he's he's based out of Kansas City. And so I've gotten to have some great conversations. But one of the things he said that you just said, Matt, about just the change in the worship movement and seeing this purity in these songs. And and it's like there was a shift that happened in the 2000s where it became and he he says this and I'll probably butcher what he's going to write on, but you should his book's coming out this summer. But he says there's a moment between 2000 and 2020 where worship, it, it became something that could be bought and sold. And and just like think about that. Let us sink in for a little bit of like our, our worship and our songs and like our worship for Jesus became a point or a moment where it could be bought and sold. And, and it just, you know, I had to repent of like anything in my heart of that wanting to be a part of who I am of just saying, no, Jesus, like, I love you and want to honor you more than any platform or status or influence. But Jesus, I truly love you. And that is what is going to change my kids and my family and ultimately any ministry that we're blessed to get to do. And so, yeah, I just, I feel like there's this returning to purity in the worship movement and in the worship leading in the church but it's definitely not like uh like all of a sudden everyone's going to change in 2021 or even should like make this drastic change right because you know some of that may not be the healthiest thing for some churches of just like whiplash turning around and everyone's upset but there's just wisdom and discernment that i believe is sweeping through the church today so yeah you're like leading this group of worship leaders. Is there anything that you've noticed that like, you know what, this this would be helpful for worship leaders to know of how to lead their teams back at their church? You know, like what is the most effective way to lead a team and lead people that, you know, that are at your church, volunteers? Yeah, I mean, for me, I keep thinking back to Mark 10, where Jesus just talks about the way of service. And so maybe we would call it servant leadership of truly... I, I think back on the leaders who impacted me the most and they're ones who taught me to serve others. And, and I've learned like growing a culture, growing a team that one of the best things I've done that the Lord has graced me with, was just being able to serve. How do I serve the people that come in into uh, our ministry who lead with me, who are a part of presence worship but even down to like, how am I serving my family? How do I serve my wife and love her daily? And I think those things shape how it really plays out in my team. And I would say create a healthy team leadership principle of like truly learning to serve, serve others and serve even your pastoral team. How do you serve your senior pastor? And especially during this, this season, 2020 is like a, I felt like it was just a huge year of service and, you know, dying to your own frustrations at time to serve other people, such a unique time and yeah. such an opportunity to serve others. So I don't know if that. Well, 
Spencer helps. No, totally. I don't want to put you on the spot, but are there any like testimonies or stories that you guys are seeing in presence worship to share of like just cool things that you've seen happen or, you know, how it's impacted the worship leaders that have gone through the program? Yeah, probably like one of the coolest stories from last summer. The people who come through our, our program are all believers, you know, they all go through a process and one of the guy who came with us, he's a bass player. His name's Andy. He goes to Tabor college and, you know, we get to the end of the summer and we do like a debrief weekend and just kind of like all hanging out and just everyone sharing about what God has done and just the things he's taught them. And, and he just starts pouring out just his heart of just like this summer has changed my life. And, and he just starts sharing about the deeper things that God has revealed to him. And it wasn't like, hey, we went to this camp and led this amazing set and all of these students got saved. It was these moments where he was like, it was a couple people in a prayer room and we just learned to worship Jesus. And we just learned to sit with him and grew in intimacy. And he's like, it changed my heart in such a way that I never realized that. I didn't slow down enough to sit with him and to hear his voice and to follow him. He was like, this totally changed me. And he's like, I've never been baptized before. And he was like, he was like, would, would you baptize me? And so like, we're literally right, right there, our whole team, we took him down to the lake and we baptized him. And it was just like this moment where we were all just like in awe of, what God was doing and stirring. And so I would say what it draws to is like, we're hungry for community. And what it, what it did is like that moment, like you share this communal moment with someone and it opened up his heart to even, even just a greater moment of saying, I want to commit everything to Jesus. And even like, it could be awkward of being like, okay, I'm, I'm 20 and I've been following Jesus for a while but I've just never gone forward with baptism. And it was just that moment for him of just saying like, I'm all in like Jesus, whatever you want to do with me, whatever you want to do with my life. Like I'm I'm going all in after you. So yeah, Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah. It was wild. You know, I think about when you're sharing about that, just like these life change moments, I think we can overcomplicate it so much. Like we think we need like some huge event. Yeah. And really, it might just be like, it's just taking time. Like, it might be just sitting with your guitar and like singing a couple songs alone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just, it really is just like taking time. These like smaller moments where you're just like giving God time to even speak to you. Yep. And I think we might get just so wrapped up in like planning these huge events. You know, some sort of like, this is going to be like a life-changing mountain moment. When it's really like those just simple moments mm-hmm. that are even life-changing. I think that seems like what you're cultivating there too. It's just like, Hey, you know what? Unplug for two months basically. Yeah. And like, come and let's just like, let's just worship. Like, let's just be, let's just like realign with true North. Yep. I know for me, like if I am feeling like totally stressed out, anxiety, whatever, if I just sit with my guitar for like 15, 20 minutes and just play some songs. Yeah. I like feel so much better afterwards. Amen. And you just have to like give God the time to speak. So less complicated than I think we make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I I couldn't agree more. And it's like sometimes you have to fight for that too. Because once you experience him in that way, 
he's hungry to want to just even pour that out on us. And it's like, we, we fill our schedules and our time up so much that almost like we schedule out time with Jesus. Yeah. And, and I've recently going back to even just, you know, his kindness of like leading, leading those moments of intimacy, like his kindness is like, I'm sitting trying to like, have quiet time, secret time with the Lord, like, like get rid of this anxious thoughts and, and all of the thoughts of what I have to do, you know, they come and bombard you when you're trying to like sit with the Lord or sit with your guitar or, you know, yeah. but it's like the kindness of the Lord is like, he, he's like, okay, like figure out how to set those things aside and just like be with me and just focus on, on, on me. And, and the more yeah. you do that, the more like the easier it, it becomes to right. to sit with him. Thanks for joining us on the Leap Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.